0: Dialogue is connection, conversation, community. We believe life is better when we are connecting through relationships. Thank you for joining us. Today we are speaking with Sonia, who is a private school teacher in St. Thomas. We asked her to help give us some helpful tips for parents that can help them in the, this point of time if they're struggling to figure out the best way to assist their children, especially since a lot of schools have announced that they will not be reconvening physically for the remainder of this school year. Sonia, as a teacher, what are some tips that you can share?
1: Um, well, first of all, good morning. Um, there are many things um, that I could share but I think first and foremost one of the things that I want to say is that when it comes to teaching there are many ways that you can accomplish any specific task or goal for the use that you set for yourself or objective so while the goal may be to teach a certain skill of math multiplication division whether it's active reading There are many ways to do that. So, I think when educators in general, and then now we have parents that are sort of filling in that gap, when they step into that spot of instructing, teaching, guiding, you know, providing, you know, help as a resource, there are many and more ways than one just to accomplish a goal. So, I think that's very important upfront. So, While it is that a a child may have been taught a certain way or you as a parent have learned a certain way, they really are different ways to approach things. So I think that takes a lot of stress off of, you know, whomever it is that is teaching or instructing. So I think if you are able to grasp that from the very beginning, that maybe you, you know, when you have an, a idea or a set vision of how you think something should go, if it doesn't necessarily take that path, it doesn't mean it's a fail. But that would be one of the first pieces of advice I would offer to parents is just to, I want to say relax. I know these times are very difficult and unsure, but even your demeanor disposition as you approach teaching children regardless of how old they are they really can interpret and 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 find out where you're coming from so if you're you're anxious and uptight and overwhelmed more than likely that's also going to spill out so that just makes the learning experience more difficult certainly there are things that you know parents can keep in mind as they are you know, taking on this role of teacher. And one of those things that I would also offer is that learning can happen anywhere. It doesn't have to be a structured environment sitting at a desk using a workbook. It can happen at the dinner table. It can happen outside on your, you know, swing. It can happen on your porch. It can happen at bedtime. So learning can happen anywhere and with an abundance of resources and limited resources. So there are many ways to, to teach um, different kinds of topics, subjects without having to have that structured environment of sitting at a desk, sitting at a table, sitting at a computer with textbooks, workbooks, and, and things like that. So that is also another good point that I think that parents should know as they step into this role of, of being a teacher. Also, I would add that there are many resources that are out there now to, to help parents. I know that there are many companies and organizations that have opened their libraries. And this is really incredible in that, you know, pleasure reading that's the thing that you want to do is to motivate the children and encourage and inspire them you don't want to overwhelm them. So they are, you know, reading below their grade level. Maybe there is a series that they liked when they were younger, but the point is that they're reading and they're engaged and they are, they're still learning. You want them to, to be excited about learning. You don't want it to be a burden. So there's so many platforms out there now where uh, because of the situation that we're in that libraries have opened online libraries, that is, um, that have opened without the required membership fees, et cetera. So there's many many of those that are out there right now. Um, another thing that I would suggest is, um, as I said before, learning can happen just anywhere in a, you know in a park, at your home, you know that learning also can look any kind of way. So again, most people think it has to be textbooks and computers, but, you know, as long as the brain is active and being prompted, so word searches, puzzles, different, you know, activities that require critical thinking, analytical thinking. And again, it doesn't have to be, you know, reading a textbook. It doesn't have to be the computer. These things are all engaging the mind and requiring it to work, which is what we want. We don't want it to just sort of vegetate. We want to stimulate it. And that can be done with crossword puzzles and uh, floor puzzles and, you know, different kinds of games, the and, and those things are, are getting your mind, <clears throat> keeping your mind active, stimulated, even through, you know, artwork, coloring. Those are, I mean, they have adult coloring books now. And certainly if, you know, you are interested in maybe you're a person that loves, you know, technology, there are certainly applications that are out there for even coloring online. And any of these things that I've probably suggested, you can find them in an online version, if, you know, if you don't happen to have them in your home. Even card games and things like that. They're, they're also online so that you're still stimulating your mind. Another
0: opportunity also for parents to engage more. It doesn't have to be as structured as when they go to school because they're in their home. So they could even share their interest in things that they did as children and do it together to help stimulate the child as well.
1: Well, when, um, as I mentioned before, learning can happen anywhere. So I didn't elaborate. But, I mean, as you're sitting at the dinner table, engaging in conversation with your, you know, child with what they learned that day or, I mean, if if they are, some students have their own, their schools have provided online type of services and others have provided, I guess, uh, maybe more like work that's been uploaded that kids have to do at their own pace with the help of their parents. So. There are different mm-hmm. kind of learning environments going on, but nonetheless, to, to just share, just like you said, mm-hmm. there's more than one way to do things. So, you know, parents can share, you know, how it is that, that they learned a specific task or skill and just engage and talk about the differences or the similarities that are happening. You can talk about movies that, you know, you've seen as a family, that's, you know, allows you to know whether they are able to uh, process, comprehend, and, mm-hmm. and apply, you know, critical thinking skills as well with different kinds of things. So there's, there's all, way, all kinds of ways to promote learning, engage in, you know, conversation, because as much as it is important to be able to write, and when you're in a formal setting, and, and take assessments, There's also that really huge piece and being able to communicate and Mm -hmm. express yourself, you know, in an age appropriate manner for, you know, what's appropriate for your individual child. That Mm -hmm. speaks volumes because you don't want learning to be rote and just recall for an assessment where, you know, it's either standardized testing or Mm -hmm. a regular, you know, pen and paper, you know, type of test there's also that part that you need where they could actually process what they've learned and then be yeah. able to communicate that and express it again in their own words. But even adding to that, certainly you want to encourage age appropriate vocabulary, um, age appropriate, you know, sentence structure, sentence variety. Again, it's not in a written format, with pen and paper or on your computer but we all know that we have to be able to communicate with people so whether it's a phone interview or whether it's a face-to-face type of scenario conversation is very important so that's another piece that you know should not be left out
0: and then what about parents that are concerned about that standardized testing i know as a student when I was growing up. I wasn't too good with the standardized testing. I was more on the creative bent, like I couldn't explain my thoughts, but I didn't do too good with the formal testing part. I don't know, I guess, what different schools are doing at the end of the year, but is this a perfect time to, for instance, children that may not that mold of, okay, they get A's and B's because they understand this, but just as you were saying with their comprehension and everything, is I would seem that this would be a perfect way for parents to kind of help facilitate that bridge between what they do need to do as far as, you know, you do have to, you know, get your grades to pass, but also helping them to, as you said, express themselves appropriately to kind of bridge that gap between one and the other, especially for children that maybe struggling in different areas as far as that goes?
1: Well, standardized testing for different districts, different areas serve different purposes. Usually standardized testing is is used at least in in my school for, for two different areas. One, to see where that particular student is, what their strengths and what their weaknesses are. And as a whole, with an entire class or an entire grade to see where the school itself stands in its education and preparation for for the students that they're teaching. I myself did not like standardized testing because just the word test brings on a a level of anxiety uh, Mm -hmm. for some people. And then when you add in that element that it is timed, Mm -hmm. you become overwhelmed and that's something that i suffered with as a kid because i mean it was really important and you you kept hearing mm-hmm. how important this thing is and you didn't want to fail and you didn't want to disappoint but the, mm-hmm. the the real truth about standardized testing is you can't study for it it is cumulative of your your entire educational career or from, from when you started learning. It is mm-hmm. an assessment of where you currently stand. It doesn't mean that that is your full you know, capability. And I think any institution that uses it certainly understands that it is truly just, it is one form of assessing. And you will mm-hmm. find that a lot of colleges even now, in looking at the standardized testing, that's why they're asking for Teachers' letter for recommendations. They're also looking at your career as a student, Mm -hmm. not just with standardized testing to prepare a child for standardized testing. There's certain strategies that it's it's being introduced slowly so that the kids don't feel apprehensive and and that level of anxiety to know that Mm -hmm. this is just another way of seeing where you are without presenting it with this loom, doom and gloom type of atmosphere that creates more tension for children. And this year is definitely going to be different for everybody. Mm -hmm. The one thing that we need to understand is it just didn't happen in your state or your town or your county or your city. This is worldwide that the learning experience, the learning instruction has been interrupted. I have a son that is a junior, and already, you know, there's talk of how the colleges are not going to look for the standardized, for the regular testing next year. There's going to be, you know, different different avenues of determining admission, and that's not to say, excuse me, that students who have worked hard all of their, you know, their educational career, you know, their past scores don't matter. But what I am saying is that because we've all been affected, Mm -hmm. that um, institutions are taking that into account. So again, it's sort of, I mean, I don't wanna make light of the time that we are not in a school setting. And that whole anxiousness that maybe parents and schools feel about when it comes to standardized testing. if the adults are feeling that way the the kids can certainly sense that tension and yeah. that also yeah. makes it more difficult. so again, the atmosphere the 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 mindset that you're creating or the angst that you're either creating you know for your children is is really important. It's just another way of being assessed and it's also not just for the children it's it's for we use it again to see where we are what mm-hmm. do we need to change as as teachers and as a teacher looking at an individual score it it's not to label a kid it's to see especially and most of the time you're looking for the overall class where you know where are you so you can see how to approach that particular class what skill sets that they are showing strengths or weaknesses in, and that is to adjust your, your teaching, your curriculum. What do we need to add? What do we need to take out? What, what's working well? So there are many reasons for having that standardized testing. And again, it goes back to learning. Standardized testing comes from cumulative learning. It's not what you just learned this year. And, you know, fortunately, this is on the latter end. This is a personal opinion, of course, that, you know, it was October that we lost, you know, seven or eight months for most schools, maybe impacted in, you know, mid-March. A lot of those schools were going to be released in May, sometime in May. So Mm -hmm. you're you're looking at, and again, this is my personal opinion, and I don't want to make light of the time that we're not in, you know, in our normal traditional school setting, that it's It is not a huge chunk of time, maybe a couple of months. And Mm -hmm. you have to understand that I think for a lot of school systems, you would have had spring break in there. Mm -hmm. You may have had, you know, other religious holidays and, and things that have taken place so that it's even less time that they would have been in school. Certainly not all school districts follow the same, you know, pattern or Uh, number of days when they open and when they close. So again, I would just, you know, try to create an environment that's positive for learning and not, and and that's one of the things that teachers are also uh, encouraged to do, not to teach to the test. And I think when you find those type of learning situations, it it becomes more productive um, for for the kids so that they are again, not overwhelmed. You want them to enjoy learning and not to have such a negative you know, impression or association with it.
0: And I think even taking that as a parent, what you said as far as the standardized testing, just testing in, in general as they are, I'm sure, doing that um, with what their child is doing. If their child is not doing so well in something, Even helping their child to have that mindset, this and I tell that to my daughter, if you get it wrong, look at it as an opportunity to see how you can improve instead of feeling like, oh, I'm a failure, I'm not doing this right. Getting it wrong or not understanding it is an opportunity for a parent to be able to work with that child to help them to understand, okay, you're not getting it, let's try another way. So it can be turned around and they can even Be more involved in understanding how their child thinks and helping them to process things in a manner that's not going to put a level of stress on them or negativity as far as self-esteem, especially for children that learn a little differently or failing in a particular thing or doing well in another thing. So it, it would seem like that would be a perfect opportunity for parents as well, especially as you said, this is the end of the school year, so they should have gotten grades or I'm assuming report cards in the middle of the school year to yeah. target those areas that their child hasn't been doing so well and to kind of work with them more closely, you know, and use it as an assessment of how can I help my child?
1: Yes. And I think, <clears throat> excuse me, that that's just a life less, lesson in mm-hmm, um, yeah. and, and doing all things. We as adults don't succeed on the first time in mm-hmm. many things that we do and that's just life, and so mm-hmm. when we look at children, we have to remember that they are children. And while we, as parents, as teachers, want our our children, whether they are our own children, or we're teaching them, we want them to be successful. But in mm-hmm. success, there's also not to say failures. There's there are attempts that don't that aren't successful, and mm-hmm. and you may actually fail it. At something, not Mm -hmm. saying a course or a school year, but I'm saying at a skill that that you're trying to learn. You may fail a test, but again, failure. (laughs) I mean, there there will be those opportunities, and it it really is detrimental to the to the child to to carry that failure like a weight. Certainly, failures in the lower grades, middle grades, and even to high school there, there. they're not when it gets to that point, if we're trying to measure what success is, and I'm assuming everyone wants to, you know, go further in life, mm-hmm. state, whether it's into the job force, whether it is into, you know, a higher learning situation, whether it's off into the military. No one is mm-hmm. really looking at your math test in ninth grade that you scored a failing grade on. It, mm-hmm. it is the overall development or the overall picture of a student, there are so many facets of more than just your grades. Yeah.
0: There
1: are other definitely. things. Your character, your your mm-hmm. disposition, your ability to your ability to lead, your ability to follow. It yeah. it really is looking at a at a well rounded person. So yes, grades are in there. Even you know, I am a a um sponsor or a a staff leader in our National Junior Honor Society. You know, grades are, I mean, that would be the first indication that you are eligible. But grades mm-hmm. almost become the last consideration. And what I mean by that is, obviously, if you have been nominated because of your grades, I mean, you definitely need that part. But the part that becomes more important to the organization and what the organization stands for, and when you're looking at a model student, and that doesn't mean a perfect student, but when you're looking at a student that you can use as an, as an example, you're looking at their character, you're looking at their service, mm-hmm. you're looking at their ability to lead as well as to support. Those things mm-hmm. are all important when you are looking at the whole student. You cannot disregard those other aspects of what makes someone that is going to be productive, successful, helpful, or an excellent student. You're looking at the whole, the character, the nature of that particular person, just who they are more than just what their grades symbolize. And, that's
0: what and so those things become really important. That. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, it takes it beyond because, I mean, again, it's, all levels that even when you look at summer programs at all levels, some of them require, you know, a letter of recommendation. You there's some level of expectation for admission when those things are sent to me and I fill them out from the lower school grade side, you know, so for 10 year olds, 12 year olds, 14, 15, and certainly onward, where you know those. Uh, availability might be limited, so they're you know looking for a certain kind of student. Yes, you do maybe put GPA on there, but most of the time, I would say ninety-five percent of the time, it is not looking at. They're not interested in the grade. They're interested in the and the character of of the student and who they are, what they can contribute to a learning environment. Again, mm-hmm. as a supporter, as a leader and and their character those that is generally when i'm doing letters of recommendation and filling them out from i mean all kinds of institutions that is what they're looking for so it's very seldom that someone's asking for a gpa so it's not all about the grades certainly different children le- learn at different levels they're they're children that totally in you know are excited about a challenge they want something that's hard and then there are other kids that once they you know hit a wall if it's a challenge they completely crash and burn yeah, so you as yeah. a parent know your child better than anyone and the point is to to keep them active in engaging their mind and to to encourage them not to overwhelm them because mm-hmm. the situation that we're all kind of on lockdown in it of itself is already going to be an added stress, you know, for some people. And you just want, you want your kids to be comfortable. You want them to be excited about their learning experience, however that happens. And again, Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be from eight o'clock in the morning till three in the afternoon it doesn't have to be a regimented time that it must be between, you know, nine and 12. Mm -hmm. It's what works best in your home. And if you find that you are hitting roadblocks and it's becoming stressful and it's overwhelming, then, you know, I would really advise to take a step back Mm -hmm. and, and really what is it that you're trying to accomplish? You want them to be engaged. You want them to learn. But that also needs to be in an an environment that's inviting, that's warm. And what I mean by warm is that it it nurtures the learning as opposed to severing it and making it uh, too difficult. Learning can happen anywhere. You can teach anywhere. These are really great times for parents and children to get together to To learn about each other as opposed to just all, you know, academic subjects. It is a time to to, to be able to spend together. And in doing that, you can learn a lot about your your child, about how they learn, so that you're better able to help them.
0: Thank you so much for your insight to help alleviate distress and formulate, as you said, that in a warm environment, an environment of peace to help facilitate nurturing and it's a perfect opportunity to you know get closer with our children because we will all get through this and we can help our children get through this in a a good way so that they can come out stronger on the other end as well thank you for joining Vialog we'll see you next time